0: Hello and welcome to ASM Connected, the podcast brought to you by ASM Technologies. In this episode, our account director, Stephen Dale, is back and he's speaking with Keith Christie-Smith, who is the country director for UK and Nordic regions at Opspot. You'll love this conversation as it weaves its way through how Opswat have been dealing with some of the challenges faced by the coronavirus, how they're looking to engage with customers in the new normal, and some of the great products Opswat have on offer with maybe a danger of a questionable rugby analogy.
1: Welcome Keith, thanks for joining me.
2: Hi Steve, thanks very much. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. So Opswat operate in the cybersecurity sector, more specifically in the area of advanced threat protection. Their goal as a company is to eliminate malware and zero day attacks. Further to that, they're interested in protecting critical infrastructure. Interesting fact, 98% 98% of the nuclear power facilities in the USA are protect, protected by their technology. Just dwelling on that fact there, 98%, it's an interesting number, but my burning question is, what happened to the other 2%, those those mavericks, what are they doing? <laughs>
2: uh, the, the short answer probably is, Steve, that they just haven't heard of opsword yet, and we'd like to think that they potentially will be customers in the future. I mean, to be honest, the, the status is, is pretty phenomenal, really, when, when you think about it. It's one of the main draws for me joining the organization when I joined almost three years ago. To be honest, um, we've noticed a similar sort of trend across Europe. So myself and some of my colleagues in, in some of the other regions across Europe have seen the same uptake from within the, the nuclear and energy space and, and also the broader critical infrastructure space across across Europe as well.
1: Yeah, so that's some of the business we've been involved with you as well as being around that critical infrastructure. And it's good to see that success replicated in the different regions you work in. In fact, I've found that working with Opswat, you you guys are really busy. I mean, just getting getting your time is is difficult. And in our relationship as companies, it's it's really hit the ground running. You've you've delivered a lot of leads to us as the distributor and to our reseller and SI partners. So. It's been really successful and that story about critical infrastructure is really clear. So I'm going to work through a plan for a, for our conversation that tries to get out of you some of that success and where that's coming from and what's behind it. To give a little agenda, so to speak, to try and keep us on track, I'm going to be asking you about sort of life at Opswat and what it's like working in the IT channel, but being in that sort of niche area. And then interestingly, I want to discuss some predictions you made back in 2019. We've got the evidence. Let's see how that looks and uh, see how well you did, not knowing obviously how things would change. Then I'm going to be looking to ask you about the effects of, of all these sort of changes. It's changing the industry. It's changing how we work. And I want to understand how you're continuing that success, but maybe in a slightly different way. Before we get into that, Keith uh, just some quick fire warm-up questions it's my version of what I'd call a a lockdown mindfulness survey there's a little bit of a selfish reason why I want to know this because I'm testing myself against everybody else have you been eating better or worse over this period
2: I've been eating worse
1: and probably
2: more of it as well Interestingly enough, I've definitely been exercising a lot more than, than I typically would. Because of my territory and what I cover, and the portion of, of Europe that I cover, I, I travel a lot. So I travel probably every other week. That doesn't always lend itself to a, health, a healthy lifestyle. So being stuck at home, being able to get out on my road bike and do some miles again has been great. Whilst I've been eating more... And uh, I say it's probably like everyone else in the UK drinking a bit more than I probably should do as well. I have been actually exercising to to try and balance it out. So as they say, you know, healthy body, healthy mind, and all that.
1: Calories in versus calories out. So you think you you think you've got the balance right here. Yeah?
2: I wouldn't say I've got it right, but it's it's a little bit better than it was before, mate.
1: Good, good. You you mentioned drinking there, and I, I I was going to ask about drinking, but I thought you know let's let's not go down that route. I was I was basically going to say I was going to ask you if you've been reading more or less.
2: Uh, no, I've I've been reading a lot more. Certainly in the last three months, you know, from March, April, May, I, I went through four
1: different books. Yeah, it's good. It's good that you're using the time to do some good, but. It's not such a bad thing that we can put the books down and head to the pub now for a change. On that overall feeling of how it's been over the last few months, are you getting some benefit and enjoying what we might call the new normal? Or are you one of these people that's going, come on, let's return to the old ways as quickly as possible, please?
2: I'm probably somewhere in the middle, Steve. I mean, I've certainly enjoyed spending more time at home. Uh, We've been pretty blessed with the weather since lockdown. It's been relatively good and nice and sunny and warm. So it's certainly not felt like a chore um, being at home at all. But I guess slightly conflicted by the fact that I'm in sales, you know, and a vast majority of the leads opportunities and and the business that, that we do is in relation to going out and meeting customers, and taking customers from a point of, you know, them needing a solution all the way through to to potentially procuring uh, op-swats. So I guess I've missed that angle and that element of day-to-day life. But as you say, you know, things are easing up now and hopefully before the end of the year, we'll start to get back and see customers and face-to-face meetings, do some account management and spend some time time with some happy customers, really.
1: Yeah, I think from that, I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, it seems to be a little bit more manageable and, and maybe you're even enjoying the time with the family uh, in the way things have changed, but that work is maybe more affected by the changing routine. So yeah, it'll be interesting to hear about that a little bit later and, and how you're fit, fitting in with those new ways of working. Uh, I think gyms are opening this weekend. I know squash, which is the the game I play that's starting again this weekend. Um, I know rugby is, is the pretty much the closest contact of sport so uh, it's natural that that was going to come a little bit later i was going to ask you keith being from a a u.s based company do you get to talk rugby with any of your colleagues over there or is it is it like a a sport that's never discussed i think they at one point it was a, a fast growing sport and i think i've seen them in the sevens maybe but do they even do they follow rugby at all
2: they do. Our director of business development, Tom Mullen, over in North America. And uh, Tom's an avid rugby and proper football as well. He watches proper football, not American football fan. So there's always a bit of banter going back and forth on Slack from this side of the pond and, and with Tom.
1: So let's let's move on and get into the sort of crux of things around uh, life at Opswat. I've mentioned you're a U.S.-based company. San Francisco is where the company's based from. You, you're not a startup. You've been going for 20 years. I see. We very much put you still in that innovator and disruptor space. Before I I knew about Opswat, the the area of malware wasn't particularly the most interesting area of the business for me. Until I heard about you guys and and what you're doing in that space, it made it much more interesting for me. And I see that you've got quite a lot of patents that you've been getting over the last few years, which shows me you're a very intellectual property-rich type of organization. So I wanted to ask you, how does it feel and what's the experience like working for a company that's got all this sort of intellectual property and these brilliant solutions, but in the IT channel, you're maybe not the first name on people's lips when they talk about malware. You, you know, you're not the the day-to-day solution in that space because of the specialist areas you work in. So, you know, how do you balance those the challenges with the benefits of your business?
2: Yeah, Steve, I mean it's an interesting point that you raise. A lot of people that I speak to day to day haven't heard of of Opswat. And that is changing. That is changing. You know, we I do get calls on a weekly basis now of people who have heard of us or have been recommended us by someone else in the industry, so that is changing slowly, and I guess that's why the organisation bought on an Amir sales VP, and then the sales team across all the different regions is to really push forward the Opswat brand and the Opswat name. You you touch on on patents. We have a number of patents for various different technologies. And that's actually what we came to market with almost 20 years ago, was some of those patented technologies. We have a product set called OESIS, O-E-S-I-S, which a lot of organizations have not actually heard of or will be familiar with. But that's actually sold to pretty much all firewall and next-gen firewall vendors or VPN client vendors. And that performs a device compliance check and we've now rolled that up into its own enterprise platform called Meta Access as well. And we're seeing a lot of traction with that technology, certainly since the beginning of lockdown with the whole work-from-home situation because it allows organizations to utilize or to allow their users to utilize their own personal devices but ensuring that they're up to a level of compliance before allowing them access into corporate resources. And we've actually been fortunate enough to win some pretty large high-profile UK government business since since lockdown off the back of of that technology but that's just one of a number of patents that we have as you mentioned we're very very IP heavy we've got a, a lot of our own technology which is baked into loads of other different vendors solutions and technologies which is why lots of customers don't know about us but they may already be using some of our technology and so it's always an interesting conversation with the customer where we walk them through that whole process and that scenario of where we've come from, ask them about some of the vendors that they're already engaged with and using and what functionality they're using. And nearly 9 to 10, it'll be that the customer's already using one of our technologies. They just don't know about it. I mean, the technology was was certainly the, the number one reason why I joined OpsWatch. I can see the value in the technology, which means I can articulate that value out to our customers and our customers will see value in the technology. And that for me, as a, I guess, as a frontline salesperson is is probably the most important thing.
1: Yeah, it's interesting about the, the angle you're explaining how the product is OEM'd into products that people are more familiar with. And I guess that's a, a really good way to push that brand recognition in the channel. And they might not have heard of you, but it doesn't mean it's this strange technology that sort of really weird and out there people are already using it so i think that's a good message that the channel would understand we've worked with you across pretty much all of our customers you know some of the brands we work with are very focused on a particular type of customer but i think we've got a really good coverage so i'd agree that that name is becoming more known out there do you know when in that 20 years you did the company decide look let's stop being the the guys that have our technology embedded in other people's solutions, but no one knows of us, and let's get our own name out there. Has that been a gradual shift or is this a sort of recent change and and method of going after your customers?
2: There was was definitely a shift. It happened uh, before I joined. Like I said, I've been in the business nearly three years now. So it's probably pushing on between four and five years ago that Benny, our CEO, really uh, decided to make a big push from a sales perspective and market the technologies directly rather than going purely via oem relationships which is still still a, a very large part of of the business but yeah as I, as i said that was about four to five years ago where a full sales structure was was bought into into Opswat to really take our, our message out to markets i mean the technologies have as you know a phenomenal amount of value that they bring a, a lot of customers that we speak to are Still not familiar that there are even technologies such as ours in the market, and it's almost a bit of a utopian moment when you tell the customer what we do have to offer. It would be wrong for us not not to take that message directly to market and that's and that's really why why there was a big push to do so
1: definitely one for people to watch, and it ticks that whole box of that emerging sort of story you know the technology develops but but you're emerging and developing as a brand, so I think it's certainly one for. People to listen out for, and they're going to be hearing a lot more from you over the coming years. Now that brings us nicely on to looking at the future and the predictions. So when we asked you last year, Keith, uh, for your predictions for 2020, nobody knew what was going to happen. It, it seemed like a a sort of normal thing to do, you know. You did put your answer in writing. We asked you on the 5th of November, and for accuracy here, I'm going to have to read it out. You said. In my view, I believe the big thing for 2020 in cybersecurity will be a focus on physical network segregation. This will be coupled with a drive to further adopt and deploy existing solutions purchased in customer networks. So we're over halfway through the year. It's gone weird, but are you sticking or twisting on those predictions?
2: (laughs) Uh, Steve, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm gonna be very careful about what I actually say to you in the future, Steve. I, I guess I would stick. I mean, I still, obviously with, even with lockdown, I'm still speaking to customers on a day-to-day basis, you know, albeit other Teams and Zoom and the various other different platforms available. So I'm probably speaking to, in some cases, three or four clients a day or prospective clients a day. Network segregation is still very high on the agenda for the types of customers that we're speaking to which are regulated industries, governments, finance, insurance, legal, etc. So for those, those customers, as well as we've got customers in retail and probably every other vertical out there, but network segregation is very much still on the agenda, maybe not as high up on the agenda as it certainly was um, in 2019. I would stick but i i would I'd probably like to add to that, which is obviously a, a move to work from home you know and more specifically the device compliance and device security and enforcing device compliance and device security that's probably been it's well certainly has been the number one feature or product that, that customers have been coming to me for since the beginning of the year and that's largely because customers are moving away from vpn and traditional ways of of, of doing things but yeah i'd probably stick for the most part because i think the points are still relevant definitely work from home is is one that i don't think anyone anyone saw such a huge uptick on the, on the agenda for for 2020
1: obviously security in general being a focus was you know it was a great focus wasn't it It was a a huge area of growth over the last few years I I think that's just gone even further and I know a lot of the customers that I'm speaking to in the first half of this year a lot of their budgets have, have moved across to security because they've quickly mobilized the workforce they're using whatever technology that's that they've already got and extending that a bit like you you predicted people rolling out existing technology further I think they've done that to the maximum on the networking side but then they've got to make sure it's secure so I think you were right to predict people focusing on um, security being important in a way and that's certainly ran true and what jumped out at me Keith is there's two words in hidden in that message it says physical segregation now if only you knew your powers of prediction to me that's a bit like a nostradamus type moment the words are in there and if if we want to tweak history accordingly then that was uh you know a cracking prediction so yeah. <laughs>
2: I, and i i i think yeah i think i think that will continue adoption of of technologies is always an issue for all customers you know especially the larger larger customers you know over the years we've seen sea level security leadership moving around a lot from, from customer to customer. I've known in some cases CISOs moving, you know, in five years, sometimes two or three times across various different customers. What happens is technology gets acquired and it doesn't get deployed. So the further adoption of ex, of existing technologies is, is, is also going to be going to be relevant and, and, and that, sh- that will always be relevant. I believe, I don't think in some cases, cybersecurity programs never ever get to the end especially
1: things like uh, Privileged Account Management and DLP and and some others. Yeah, it's definitely a moving target. Have you seen any customers that you've, say, deployed product with over the last 12, 18 months since COVID-19 kind of bring you back in to say, we've we've already got your technology, we're using it for this, but let's use it for something else and extend it out there into the rest of the network? Have you had any of those experiences recently?
2: Very much so. More so this, the first six, six months of this year than my previous two and a half years within the business. Largely, I, I believe, due to the fact that the attack surface for customers has grown exponentially. Like traditionally, especially in some of our larger customers within banking, insurance, finance, um, government, uh, you know, secret services and defense forces across Europe, for a lot of those organizations, staff have to be in the office. Right. The, the, the work from home adoption is, is very, very low. So to change that from probably less than 10% to almost 100% working from home, has meant that their attack surface changed and it's, it's grown exponentially. They're now leveraging uh, a lot of platforms and services in the cloud that they wouldn't have, been, they wouldn't have adopted uh, traditionally. For compliance reasons and, and maybe security concerns, but have be, have been forced into doing so, and they've needed technologies such as our Meta Access product as well as our Meta Defender product line to actually go out and enforce security around access to those different platforms and services, as well as the data itself. So it's device and data driven because that device and data now doesn't reside within the office, it's in Hundreds or thousands of different offices across people's houses all over all over the country and and potentially all over the, all over the world. So I guess that's probably been probably been the main driver for that. But yeah, certainly the the first six months we've seen a lot of customers coming back and asking for additional products or even just additional licenses on what on what they've already procured from us. Yeah, there's
1: there's a lot to go out out there then, and I, th- I think you can't take uh, security too seriously really as you say there you know the threats are coming from every angle Uh, in uh, seeing the news uh, just this week that other countries are trying to hack into systems to steal cures for the virus you know this is high level stuff and i think we need to leave no stone unturned in terms of security so i think it's safe to say that you're going to be pretty busy for the, the rest of this year as well
2: yeah, and uh, one one major area we've seen, or growth area we've seen from a cybersecurity perspective, has been our email security component as well. We've got a we've got a an email security solution that does can scan with a number of different engines, up to thirty five different engines. But more importantly, we have we have a, a feature function called Content Disarm and Reconstruct, which allows us to remove active content from the email body as well as email attachments, which has become even more relevant since lockdown. I guess the first wave we saw was, you know, people leveraging and get phishing campaigns out there, you know, trying to sell miracle cures and all the rest via phishing campaigns. So our email security solution was quite heavily adopted as a a result of that. We just have to think back to a few days ago, what happened at Twitter? You know, that was a compromised email. A user received the email, accessed the active content. It downloaded a payload and, and allowed access uh, into the network, and all those high-profile Twitter accounts were, were were hacked. It's very, very relevant, probably even more relevant than it was before, and that's just you know one of our components. So I guess putting those all together has meant that it's been a pretty busy time.
1: Yeah, I think it's good for us, uh, for everybody else, to know that we can rely on technology from the same people that are protecting critical infrastructure and roll that out across other businesses to give everyone that same level of security. So that's that's reassuring. So I want to move on to the next question, Keith, and you briefly mentioned the sort of C-suite moving around and obviously communicating those messages out there to different companies um, as you come across them. Now, I know you're Engagement with the customers can often be quite technical. You know, cybersecurity is a a complicated technical space. But I think to have the success in the channel and to get your message across from everybody from that C-suite down to field sales reps, um, project managers, simple people like myself. I think it's great sometimes to simplify that message, whether it's through stories uh, or just be able to explain it in terms that people can understand. So I wanted to ask you and focus on the Meta Defender kiosk, which is a product that I know we've had joint success with between our businesses. A lot of our customers have deployed that technology, and it'd be good if you could explain to us what the Meta Defender kiosk does, but just to make it a little bit more interesting, maybe you could explain it using some rugby analogies.
2: (laughs) Gosh, Steve, you don't like to put me on the spot. That's do tricky. It's tricky, uh-huh. that, isn't it? I'm sorry. Sorry,
1: Keith. Sorry. I said I'd get you back one day. Do you remember that night?
2: <laughs> uh, I think you say that to me every time I see you, mate. Um, sure. So, Meta Defender Kiosk is a solution that we've brought to market specifically to address the risk associated to removable media and bringing files and data via removable media. User has the ability to engage a USB or removable media device into the kiosk. We then have the ability to, I guess, kick that data into touch. And into into the secure network behind the opposition that then gives the said person that's bought the media or the the data on site the ability to then go into the opponent's twenty two and and collect the data before going to go and score a try.
1: I like it, Keith. you've done well there do you know what you've done you've just t- you've turned defense into attack there i wasn't that, that's that's the best form of security right exactly i like it i wasn't i wasn't expect <laughs> i wasn't expecting that okay so when i asked you the question i knew i was putting you on the spot and from what i know about the technology and how you use sort of every different malware platform and bring them all together i was imagining something like sort of instead of just having those eight guys in the, the english scrum in front of you but you you also had the kind of The Argentinians and then the South Africans and then the Kiwis pushing in behind. So we've got like a, you know, 30 man scrum there just to just to help us win the ball. Would that would that work as well?
2: It does indeed. mate. It very much does. We've actually just signed up WebRoot as another as another anti malware engine within the last week. So that's Um, like bringing in
1: the bringing in the Romanian pack. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we we now have 36 engines available on our multi platform, so we could scan with over two rugby teams' worth of individuals.
1: I think that's a brilliant way of, of explaining the products, so thanks for that. Just moving along to uh, this, the last main question, really. We've talked about how working patterns have changed. You've already touched on how you're communicating with people the conversations have changed slightly and everybody's talking about digital acceleration and transformation innovation I don't don't think I've heard anything recently or read anything about our industry that doesn't involve that terminology so how are you adapting and bringing the the new communication into your conversations with the customer because it's not just going to be a one-off is it I think you're going to be getting used to this new way of communicating with customers for the near future so how are you handling that change we've always
2: been relatively remote as an organization well certainly the sales team across across Europe because we are pretty disparate so I have done a lot of I do a lot of video calls zoom calls uh, teams calls and the likes traditionally day-to-day I guess the big change has just been that uh, that's all that I'm doing, and so pretty similar, I guess, to how we've been doing it before. I firmly believe we'll get back to, I guess, our, our
1: old normal as opposed to the new normal we're in today. But you keep keeping busy, so you're using that time. How are you using that time that you would normally be travelling? How are you using that instead? Is it more conversations or more time to spend on sort of strategy you know
2: I was, I was chatting to to some of the some of the guys internally the other day just to say, you know, in my view, I think it's probably the busiest we've ever been it's I guess been a bonus not having any any other distractions because we've just all been sat at home in my office um and has given me just the the ability to focus solely on on customers and customer engagement, and that in itself has then then has then made it made it a lot busier so it has been a benefit not having to travel as much
1: but no certainly trying to make the most of the situation It's good that you're keeping as busy as you always were before in summary for me I think it's it's really interesting that you've you're this rich sort of i p company that has been oeming your products into other products for a long time and that you're sort of starting to come out from from that over the last uh, number of years and really getting a name for yourselves out there in the industry and i think for people out in the channel that may not already be having conversations with with you knowing that your product is is not new but it is very event innovative and very relevant in what's going on out there today then i think yeah it's a good reason for people to be having a conversation with you Really appreciate your time, Keith. What's your summary? How how do you you know what would you like to get across? Thanks, Steve. I hadn't really thought of
2: too much of a summary until 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 you mentioned. For us, I guess it's just we're always looking to to meet more more channel partners, more channel organisations. You know, we're we're engaged with over a hundred enterprise customers just in the UK alone, and those customers will already be engaged with. I guess a lot of a lot of the resellers out there that you're already engaged with, and they may not know or probably don't even know about it or know about Opswat. So we're always we're always looking to to engage with more resellers who have existing uh, relationships with existing customers as well as as well as net new prospects as well, and um, that we can go and target together, and obviously prove um, the value of the the Opswat solution.
1: Look, it's, it's been great. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. Sorry I put you on the spot, but I think... Uh, you,
2: I think <laughs> yeah, you good, mate. I,
1: I, you did well. You did really well, I think. Yeah, turning that defence into attack. Absolutely. So just to finish off, I'll give you one last chance. Would you still like to change those predictions, or, or are you sticking with it?
2: I think I'll stick, mate. I will stick. Excellent.
1: Thank you very much, Keith. No problem. Enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Cheers, you too. Cheers, mate.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of ASM Connected. Some really great insights in there from both Keith and Stephen. Over the next few weeks, we've got some more great guests coming up on our podcast. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you would enjoyed this episode, then we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on your podcast app of choice. Finally, if you'd like to find out more about what we do here at ASM, head over to our website at asmtech.com.